on The Bionic Woman, Lindsay Wagner as Jamie Summers is the intended victim of a deadly shark attack. Then, from the national bestseller, The Ghost of Flight 401, comes a chilling drama of the supernatural. I feel his presence. The ghost of Samoe appears only on ASA planes. Ernest Borgnine and Gary Lockwood star in this thriller based on actual events. First, Bionic Woman, then The Ghost of Flight 401, Saturday at 8, 7 Central. Hello, everybody. My name is Andrew. Sitting across from me, Mark. Hello. Gonzalez. Yes. Yes. Always. And you're listening to TV Movie Night. Here. On your iPod. Or... Your laptop? MP3, yeah. yeah. Your Zune? <laughs> Perhaps your Zune? Perhaps... Like, uh... If, if you're on our mailing list... Andrew and I have recorded this to we've been a sending cassette out, tape. We've been, well, we, I've been sending out 45s with this on it. Mm-hmm. It's been a cut. It, it takes a, it takes a few 45s. Couple of yeah. If you don't mind paying shipping on eight it's, records, it's only a penny. It's one penny. One penny. That's all the first record. First, first records. <laughs> one first, penny. Yeah. That's all it takes. Uh, we appreciate you listening along, everybody. How's it going, Mark? It's going real good. Is that it? Yeah. Well, see you later, everybody. (laughs) This is your weekly podcast where Andrew asks me how I'm doing. How you're doing. Why it's called TV Movie Night, I have no idea. Not sure. We leased the title. Yeah, we got a good deal on the title. Uh, The insurance, though. That's the real killer. That's so fucking high. Um, You've been been up to anything? You're... uh, you just finished a job, right? I finished one job, and then I immediately started another job Ooh, that la, went la. for 10 hours. Wow. It was Cocktails with Chloe. What a whirlwind. It was, yeah. <laughs> so I guess I, I, I'm out of two jobs in one day. Wow. It's, it's, if only. If only. You're, yeah. you're living the dream, Mark. That is the dream. So what's what's next for you? Consulting? <laughs> uh, Mark gave me a very, very lazy shrug. <laughs> I honestly don't know. I don't know. Uh, you know, it's it's a the world is mine at this point. It's your it's your Anything's oyster. Possible it's, now. It's literally, all you have is the world. Yeah. Uh, do you have any irons in the fire? You got something cooking? Something that you want to promote? I'm just. I'm. <laughs> do I? I don't know. You're pressing like I told you something, but you no. told me to ask you. You're making me look like a real <laughs> dick here, Mark. <laughs> We're going to have a lot to talk about in the post-meeting, all right? But, honey, we don't have a child. (laughs) You motherfucker. (laughs) Um, I am uh, still on Billion Dollar Buyer. Billion Dollar Buyer. CNBC, we're we're quickly approaching our air date, uh, end of March. Yeah. On CNBC. Check it out. Or or don't. I'm not your boss. It probably wouldn't make much of a difference, right? Well, uh, you know, maybe I don't know. It's it's a good show. It's a good show. You should check it out. At least check out the trailer. Do you want to play the trailer right now? I do not want to play the Let's trailer. Let's hear that trailer. We have to buy all of these, all of them. But there's a billion. That's why they call me 
the billion dollar buyer. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. <laughs> he drives off in the big black van. Big black van. Sounds pretty good, actually. It's, it's him leaning back with the cigar. Oh, yeah. He's got the gloves on. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> he bought all he bought all a billion of them all billion of whatever they are i wish we knew. i wish it's we radio. well we it's tell. you see it if you watch the trailer you can see it yeah but we can only present so much to you in audio format yeah um it's uh it's march already mark yeah <laughs> you got to think about it for a second how are you celebrating the 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 marchness the yeah. fact that it's march do you have march madness yet or 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 what i got inoculated against oh, march God. madness you said this before and i i don't i don't it's a scam mark it's a scam all those you know you were never you were never gonna contract march madness but now you're just gonna feel achy and chilly i have a little bit got, of march you got the march, march madness vaccine god it's it's a scam, Mark. They just stab a basketball tire inflator into my in arm. your arm, and, and they're, they're just, just like, all right, Whoop. just get out, get there out there. And you're just like, well, I I do feel a little mad, but like <laughs> not, not as, as, not, as, as mad, not as mad as I could be. I suppose that's better than nothing. I mean, I've I've never come down with March Madness, so. I'm around kids a lot. Oh, so I have, have to. You have to get it. Okay, that makes sense. That, that not for work. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm just around a lot of children. The, a lot. I yeah. My sister's about to have her kid. She won't let me around the baby until I get my March Madness vaccine. That's right. She doesn't want the kid. She's you, like, you can wait six months or you, you can get the vaccine. You can get the vaccine. And I'll just, I said I'll just wait six I'll months. See him in six just, months. I'm just gonna take as many pictures as you can anyway. Yeah. Uh, that's exciting though. Um. I think that's it for me. Okay. Well, do you want to talk? So to, long, everybody. Do you want to talk about the show? Oh, okay. You're listening to TV Movie Night, in which Mark and I explore the wild world of television movies for your shock and amazement. Yes. This week, Mark, we watched the 1978 NBC classic, The Ghost of Flight 401. I think it's obvious why we wanted to watch it. Because there's, that trailer there's alone. so many ghosts, Mark. God, so it, it combines a bunch of things that I really like. Ripped from the headline Ripped stories. Ripped from the headline stories. Haunted, th- haunted mundane haunted things. things. Haunted mundane things. That's the thing that really cracks me up. Is it's just like, yeah, it's an airplane, and I guess it's got a ghost. Yeah. And Ernest Borgnine. All those great are, Those things. are obviously... We all know those are the three things that I love with all of my heart. And 1970s television. Oh, my God. So we nailed it. I We hit for the cycle on this one. Single, yeah. double, triple, home run with 1978's The Ghost of Flight 401. So, Mark, beyond... At the end of every act break, did you say, it's out of there. <laughs> you can't kiss it. Goodbye. <laughs> Put it on the board. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and All of your favorite everybody announcer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, Nelly. People just walking by my room going, what is, what is what's going on in there? <laughs> I hear Ernest Borgnine's voice and he just starts screaming about a grand salami. <laughs> I like the idea of uh, now that Vin Scully is far too ill and old to be announcing like. That's not true. What if he was he's, just, he's up for this season. Is he going to make it all the way through it, the yes, season? This he is su- only suppo- goes this like is supposedly this is supposedly his final season. Okay, it would be great for him to be calling games from his home, just <laughs> remotely. 
calling game from his home, and then when he gets bored in like the sixth, he's flipping channels. Yeah. Well, sir, we have a wonderful uh, battle bots going on right now. Crushinator is going up against the Killbot. Jerry knows that he shouldn't, <laughs> that he should have told the woman what she was brushing her teeth with. This reminds me of a story when I talked with Jackie Robinson. And he put one item in my apartment <laughs> into the toilet. <laughs> The game's been over for hours. Right, he's just, just still watching just talking, Seinfeld reruns. Just loudly announcing what's happening around him. Uh, no, The Ghost of uh, Flight 401, 1978. Mark, aside from the trailer, yes. what did you know about the ghost? Not not, not the ghost itself. No, right. I just want to <laughs> just give you the, the, the property, the ghost of Flight 401. Uh, I knew that there was this plane crash. Yeah. The Flight 401. This was real. Uh, I didn't know much. Too real. I didn't know much about it because it was only ever mentioned in passing in my lifetime in relation to 9/11. Oh, okay. I guess I could see that. I assumed it'd be in in passing to like getting you to like eat your vegetables or something. You know, like you know what they you know what's gonna happen if you don't eat your vegetables. You're gonna be you're on gonna, an airplane. That's you're gonna, gonna, gonna be, crash someday. <laughs> you're gonna no, you're gonna be visited by the ghost of Flight 401. <laughs> no, my family was a little more literal in their threats. Like, you're gonna be on <laughs> an airplane. That's you're gonna, gonna be on a you're gonna be on a doomed air airplane <laughs> that crashes into the Everglades someday. And it's like I don't see the correlation. <laughs> Just eat your vegetables. Eat the goddamn broccoli. God, you have to eat something that isn't chicken nuggets. I wouldn't even eat the chicken part. I just, just tear the, the just, just the, the fat. Breading. That's all a kid That's needs. all I want. That's all I can run on. That and like a like a Capri Sun. That's all like I a need. Slurry of that and ketchup. <laughs> just, <laughs> just rub it on my gums. It got me right where I wanted to go. <laughs> just just foam coming out of your mouth. Just you're on your mainlining chicken fat. Yeah. <laughs> chicken fat and Capri Suns. My mom would say breakfast is the most important meal. It's just whatever. It's as long as as long as he's getting calories. Yeah. That's all I care about. Mark, uh, let's talk all about it. Okay. In a segment I call What, what do you know? <laughs> Mark, you are correct in saying that the Ghost of Flight 401 is based on true events. Mostly. Mostly. Let's flash back to 1972. 72? 1972. Right. Okay. The movie aired in 1978. But we're going, uh, we have to go back even further to 1972. 1972, a flight going from New York City to Miami crashes into the Everglades. Why, you may ask? Was it some catastrophic event that took place on the plane? No. No. (laughs) Pretty dumb. Instead, uh, during their descent, during the plane's descent into Miami in 1972, this is around Christmas time, December 28th, 1972, the landing gear was supposed to be lowered, and it was lowered. But in the cockpit, the light indicator the, light, the indicator light that says the co- the the uh, landing gear, We're front there. landing gear, good. is lowered, didn't come on. So either it's a burnt out bulb, or the landing gear is not lowered. Right. So the the uh, cockpit fusses around with it for a little bit, sends the engineer down below deck in order to check it out, look through a porthole to see if the landing gear has been lowered or not. 
Now, when they depicted this in the movie, I was disappointed that he wasn't sticking his head down out of the engine gear, out of the wheel well, <laughs> and just looking around. Yeah, it's lowered! Yeah, looks right to me. All right, pull me up. <laughs> Guys? Guys? Uh, yeah, it's just, it's just got a rope tied to his belt. Um, uh, so they send the engineer down below deck to look through the porthole. They set the autopilot, which is supposed to keep the plane level at 2,000 feet while they circle the tower, while they circle the airport to figure out what the hell's going on. Right. Instead, they set the autopilot to maintain pitch, and they accidentally hit the yoke. They accidentally hit the the, the controls, the yoke, and knocked so it, that just, it was, just a little bit. Yeah. Just a little bit. So the pitch uh, started a descent of the plane, but ever so slightly. So the plane started to, to decrease in altitude. Meanwhile, they're just too busy looking at this burnt-out light bulb to notice that the plane is descending uh, at a few feet every second. Yeah. Um, because the engineer is below deck, nobody he his console there's an alarm. His going console off. goes off alarm-wise, but nobody hears it because he's not sitting there. Right. And everybody else is arguing about whether or not it's just a dumb bulb. Well, it could be the bulb, I guess. Uh, so. Uh, this continues on for a few more minutes. They think they're at 2,000 feet when actually they're closer to 500 at this point. Yeah. Then by the time they look at the actual altimeter, it's too late. The the literally the last like black box recordings are like, we're at 2,000, right? Hey, wait a minute. And then boom. <laughs> uh, at the time was the second largest plane crash in United States history. Yeah. So the plane goes down. There were survivors, but several. Dozens of people were killed in the process. And it was like 77 dead out of 200. Something like that, yeah. And uh, it went down in the Everglades, and a airboat pilot um, managed to help them and suffered like catastrophic, a lot of burns on his Very body. Very serious burns because there was gas there's, in the water. There's jet fuel in the water that was on fire, but he managed to continue using his airboat to ferry out oh, survivors. That's what, that's what they say, but... Jet fuel doesn't burn hot enough. Oh, God. To burn, to burn skin. <laughs> to burn the Everglades. Everybody knows this. Oh, it's just science. Look, I've, <laughs> I've seen the vials. Uh, so that's what happened in 1972. But we're talking about 1978's The Ghost of Flight 401. Right. So this, six years later, a movie comes out based on a book. Based on a book called, uh, as well, The Ghost of Flight, Flight 401. 401. Which... Now, it is not a movie about the plane crash. Well, technically it is, and technically it isn't. Right. The book is a nonfiction. I'm using quotes. I'm using my air quotes are all over the place. <laughs> to say it's a nonfiction book that documents paranormal activity that took place after the crash of Flight 401. Right. So in 1978, NBC decided to fire up the old TV movie maker and make themselves a adaptation of The Ghost of Flight 401. Mark, let's talk 1978. Okay. 1978 was a tumultuous year for the United States. Jimmy Brown Co- Sugar. No, it's still a no, good song. Not, People I, are still listening to it. We're getting. We're. It's. No, no, they're not. I mean, the Stones are probably still getting played on. Yeah. The, fine, fine. Brown, right, but right. You Night say, Fever. Uh, you okay. don't have yes. to. Okay, okay. Jimmy Carter is in office. Walter Mondale is the vice president. Peanut farmer. Saw he got attacked by a rabbit. Said he saw aliens. Yes. Like the only two things I can tell you about Jimmy Carter. Um, 
lot of a uh, lot of interesting things happening in the United States. We have fuel shortages taking place. Larry Flint is shot and paralyzed in 1978. Yeah. Pete Rose gets his 3,000th major league hit. Asterisks. No, he he, he got did he it. got it. He did it. It's just that uh, he. Um, I thought he, every he got, he got banned in the process. I thought everything gets called into question. Yes, <laughs> it's a whole thing. It's a whole thing. There's an asterisk on everything. So now we don't even know if P. Rose did play baseball. The Cold War is still going on. John Wayne Gacy is caught in December 1978. He's not the only one. No, he's not. Ted Bundy, Ted also, Bundy captured. also captured. So, you know, a lot of weird stuff happening. And then 1978, price-wise, let's look at uh, what we've got see, Yeah, I, I want you to ask me that car question because now I know. <laughs> For those who are unaware, Andrew and I watched a version of this on YouTube that run, ran commercials as well. Yes, we watched out the of actual the, airing of this uh, off a Denver NBC out of, yeah, affiliate. out of the Denver area. And uh, Saturday Night Fever, Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Yeah. 1978. Great best, movies. Best picture. 1978. You want to take a guess? Uh, is it Annie Hall? It is Annie Hall. All right. Which came out in 77, but the awards are 78. That's correct. I won it. Yeah. Average eight track player in 1978, Mark. Is a quality investment and a good product. Well, let's let's consider more price-wise. Uh, $27. Seven dollars. Higher. Higher than seven or higher than twenty. Higher, 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 higher. Seventy dollars. Higher. Two hundred dollars. Lower. One hundred dollars. Higher. One hundred and fifty dollars. Higher. One ninety-nine. Lower. One eighty-nine. Lower. One seventy-nine. Lower. One sixty. Yes. A hundred and sixty-nine dollars for an eight-track player. And thus concludes this <laughs> evening of Mark shouts numbers until Andrew says yes. Pound of bacon is a dollar twenty. A dozen eggs, forty-eight cents. Uh, a next pair... week we'll be talking about how much average rainfall was in the United States. Average income in nineteen seventy-eight, seventeen thousand dollars. Average average monthly rent. Just give me a guess. 1978 average monthly. 170. Uh, no, 269. Oh, that's high. So we're getting we're getting uh, we're not getting closer, no, but we're getting no. we're getting closer to your absolute disdain over last week. <laughs> last times, like rent was like 80 bucks. Yeah, it was like I threw I don't up know, in my a, mouth. 80 bucks and a sixer. Yeah. <laughs> Just throw in a six pack. We'll call us even Steven. Um. It's, uh, you know, so there's that's what's going on. So we're talking Ghost of Flight 401, which aired in the United States on February 18th, 1978 on NBC. Written by Robert M. Young. Okay. Wrote the teleplay. Based on the book by? Based on the book by John G. Fuller. Right. Uh, Young wrote a lot of other TV movies, it seems. His most recent credit was 1995's Escape, uh, the remake, I assume, uh, the re- Escape from Witch Mountain, okay, which was like a Disney Channel before they did the actual, like the version with The Rock in the 2000s. The movie one yes. in the 2000s. And then directed by Stephen Hillard Stern. This guy did a lot. I assume we will see more of his work because it appears all he's done is television movies. Well, I did find one thing that he did that uh, I oh. wanted to watch. Yes, go on. Someday soon. 
called uh, Monster Truck. Oh, is that all it's called? That's what it's called. And it's a revenge story about a guy who his wife and child are kidnapped and murdered. And he goes on revenge by building a souped up monster truck. Oh, my God. <laughs> that sounds incredible. Sounds pretty great, right? I I gladly will watch a revenge monster, monster truck. <laughs> So that's what we have in uh, The Ghost of Flight 401. But now also we watched a version with commercials. So we might talk a little bit about the commercials. And by a little, we mean a lot. Because the movie kind of sucked. The movie sucked. Now, I was reading reviews online for this movie, and, I, and people were like, a really, a really good adaptation of this great book. Yeah. And I have to think to myself, boy, this book must be a load of horse shit. Because <laughs> this movie was a load of horse shit. Yeah. So... Uh, essentially what happens is the first half hour is what I explained to you before about the plane, about the plane crash. The first act is essentially a recreation of Ernest Borgnine is the engineer who goes below deck, but his name has changed for the movie. It's Grizzoli or something. Yeah. Was just cause apparently, I don't know. He plays his character's name is Dom. Yeah. Dom has a lovely wife and two kids, but it's Ernest Borgnine. He's a weird guy. Dom likes to likes opera for some reason. He likes opera. He likes classy things. He's a weird guy. But he's like he's an like older a, he's like weird a, guy. He's like a oddball. He's always making jokes. Yeah, the first a lot of the movie is him going around talking to people at the airport and being like, "Hey, you want to get a cup of coffee later?" And they're like, <laughs> "Sure thing, Dom." And he's like, "All right, all see right, you later. see you later." I'm not gonna get a cup of coffee with that guy. That guy. I fucking hate that guy. There he is, Mister President. See you later. Fucking. Find the rabbits. Show me me where the alien is. So um, he uh, he's a nice guy. He's likable. Everyone loves him. His wife tells him it's the flight is around Christmas. He says she says why don't you call off on this flight? He's like well I have a duty to I I don't want to fly the plane. I have to I have to be there, honey. So he goes. Hey, the plane crashes. Yes, he's uh, on return. What's that? On the return, yes, yes. Uh, in into the Everglades, into the Everglades, he is recovered uh, alive from the wreckage, but then dies in the hospital, telling his wife that he loves him, right. he loves her. Now, Andrew, uh, there, there's a couple of things I want to just mention here, mm-hmm. and that is when when did you feel like you knew you were in bad hands? When you were watching this movie, when did you say, uh-oh, when I got to this the, is going to be a stinker? When I got to the end of, when I got to the end of Act 1, I think, once the plane went down, I was like, they probably could have done this a lot better. Yeah. And then, once you got to Act 2, you're like, oh, boy. Because <laughs> for me, it was, the opening shot mm-hmm. is the room that Dom is sleeping in with his beautiful wife. They're in bed together. They're in bed together. And the camera... Drifts along the room, yeah. And I was like, "What are we looking for? What are what's going on here? What's what am I looking at?" And then we end on his hand. He's holding his wife's hand, mm-hmm. and I was like, "You kind of you know you know where his hand is. You know you know where hands find usually it. You gotta are. find it. You gotta find it. You have to find it." So part of me was like, "I think we're I think we're filling time here." <laughs> Yes. I think we might not have enough content for a movie. I agree with that sentiment, because once we get to Act 2, Dom's dead. Dom has died, and now it is literally an act and a half 
of oh, okay. So the premise, and and also we haven't mentioned Kim Basinger, Kim Basinger plays in this movie. Yeah, she plays the one of the flight attendants who survives. Yes. So a number of flight attendants survive this flight and go on to continue working as flight attendants. Also, because the plane went down somewhat intact, a lot of the parts of this plane are starting to be installed into. So it's almost things. it's almost like Killdozer it's in a sense. Not enough like Killdozer <laughs> though is my problem. So the 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 pieces of the plane that were intact were installed into other planes in the fleet. And this is true because this is common practice. Yeah, well, it's like if you have parts and there parts was no are parts. Yeah, if there was no mechanical error to anything involved in the plane, like why wouldn't you reuse those parts? Exactly. So what ends up happening is Dom's ghost starts haunting planes that have parts from the crashed plane. Right. Ugh. Now, the way that this is revealed is that people are at a swinging party in the 70s talking to each other. And yeah, somebody's throwing like, keys in the bowl. Just, you right. know, just, oh man, the hi-fi just blasting. Uh, somebody mentions to somebody else, you know, people have been seeing Dom's ghost. And I'm like, well, why aren't I seeing that? Yes, there's a lot of, there's a lot of telling. Told? There's a lot of telling and not showing in this movie. There's literally a moment where, uh, so uh, hold on, before we get to that point. So uh, they start seeing all we get for the next act, act and a half, if I have to, if I can be so bold, is occurrences of people doing something on a plane. There's a reflection of Dom behind them, staring, staring, and they freak out, and then they're like, "I saw ghost," and then the boss, like the like a higher level executive, right in the company, he's like the the union rep. Like I don't know no, who this guy is. He's like a personnel manager, but he's he his, used to be a pilot. He used to be a pilot. His other big role was in 2001: A Space Odyssey. He plays not Dave Bowman, but mm-hmm. the other astronaut who Hal kills by it's a hilarious shot where he's on he's outside of the space station and his little rover thing comes into frame and just bumps him and then <laughs> his rope breaks and he's like swinging around swinging slows down guys well he's he's a denier he doesn't he's a skeptic he's a, yeah, he's a skeptic, he's a skeptic. He's and like, there ain't no, there, I ain't afraid of no ghosts. <laughs> I believe he says that. He's I, at another point. He says, "Well, what are you gonna do? Who are you gonna call?" What you, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so uh, he is constantly told to like, well, the stewardess said she saw Dom's ghost, and he's like, well, she's a fucking stewardess. Yeah. Who gives a shit? Then it's like, well, this pilot that was on another flight also was in, saw her. Also, a man saw her. Is that good enough for you? He's like, he's like well, like, check the logs. I don't know. Yeah. And then it's like, well, three people saw the ghost and it talked to them and then they played cards together. <laughs> it's like, well, go fuck yourself. Yeah. Um, and that's literally what the movie is. It's a thing. So they see a ghost. Then they talk to this boss. The boss doesn't believe them. And they're like, whatever. And then somebody else sees the ghost. And then they talk to the boss. And he's like, whatever. And finally they... <laughs> whatever. Whatever. <laughs> whatever. So you saw a ghost, and I was like, whatever. whatever. <laughs> this is my United. Um, that song from 2002? Remember that one? Remember that? <laughs> this is my ghost of 5401. 
So, oh god, that's dumb. So, <laughs> please cut that. <laughs> please, please kill me. <laughs> so, 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 Andrew, at, at, showing, telling, not showing. There's literally a scene at a certain point where the the boss is like dating. No, they're roommates, right? Oh, that's the one. They're they're dating, and I was wondering about the network sensor, and I was like, No, is there I, a problem with saying that they're screwing, or is this just the writer being like? Well, she's got to find another way of saying I'm going to break up with you. So we'll say I won't be a roommate, and people will know what that means. I don't know. I don't know. But one of the stewardesses is, is, is like literally. We come back from an act break, and the stewardess is fired up, and she starts packing her bag. She's like, I saw the fucking ghost. I saw a ghost, and now like I'm suspended because I said a thing, and they wanted they want Kim Basinger to go see a shrink, right? Et cetera, et cetera. And I was like, well, wait, why? Why didn't we see the firing scene, like, or the the suspension scene? Like, yeah. that's instead we get the immediate fallout, and this guy's like, "Whoa, slow your roll, lady." Yeah, and she's like, "I'm pissed off. This is your fault. You suck." And then he's like, "Why don't you just get Kim Basinger to go see go see a shrink. shrink?" And then he like wraps her up in his big roast beef smelling arms, and she's like, "Oh, you know just what to say." Oh, you. And then they bang, probably. They probably bang. And I'm like, what? What is going on? Here? Kim Basinger goes and sees a shrink. She is told uh, she has this immediate breakthrough in about <laughs> two minutes. Yeah. She's like, I saw my mother's ghost as well. She was saying, it's going to be okay. So maybe Dom's trying to tell us it's going to be okay. And, then, and the shrink's like, you're completely sane. Yeah. <laughs> Stamp sane on her forehead. <laughs> Back to work with you. Uh, then we pull back. They're sitting in like a mattress store. <laughs> <laughs> Look, honey, you gonna buy this? Uh, you gonna buy this twin bed or what? Uh, so we get to we keep going, we keep going, we keep going, sightings, 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 and then we get to the end where the skeptic is like, "All right, here's the deal. I look through the logs. People have been reporting sightings of this ghost." He compiles a, a, a like a file right gives it to his boss at the airline and his boss says what the fuck do you want me to do about like, this are you trying to tell me that all these planes are haunted and you want me to spend hundreds of thousands of dollars to unghostify them is that what you're trying to tell me yes well i don't see the issue here all right <laughs> the <laughs> system <laughs> works <laughs> We gotta tear them out. They're ghostified. (laughs) Wear hazmat suits, everybody. Hazmat suits. So finally, the big stirring conclusion of all this horse shit. They don't know what to wear, so it's like hard hats and hazmat suits. Yeah, exactly. Like uh, safety reflective vests. (laughs) (laughs) Goggles, everybody. Goggles. God of your choice. Doesn't matter. (laughs) like a snake handler <laughs> so um the big con- stirring conclusion to all this horse shit is a stirring seance scene like a 25 minute seance scene at the end of the movie where two guys sit in big recliners with the the two the stewardess and a pilot and the skeptic right and they com- they say that they're communing with dom and they tell dom that everything's going to be okay that he doesn't have to watch over the planes anymore, and he can move on. And it's 25 minutes of them sitting in these big, big back chairs. Closing their eyes. Closing their eyes and saying something while a camera pans left. 
and then the camera pans right, and then we tilt down onto a chessboard, and we tilt up from the chessboard, and we pan across the fireplace, and the window opens, and we pan across that. It was infuriating. It was pretty bad. It was boring on top of it. You were thinking to yourself, there's got to be a better way. <laughs> Are you sick and tired of boring scenes of seances? There's click. click. <laughs> There's God. Ah! <laughs> Tired big, of this happening? Big black and white shot of a boring seance. Yeah. Big no sign comes up over <laughs> it. So they convinced Dom to move on. This could be a funny sketch, too. It's like Michael Bay selling his services. <laughs> Are you Are sick you and tired t- of boring scenes where cars don't blow up? <laughs> But they're so expensive. expensive. Reuse your shots from other movies. <laughs> we, yeah, 2004's The Island. Yeah. Then 2008's The Transformers, Transformers movie. movie. It's the same shot. Nobody has to know. Doesn't that car matter, real blew up real good, didn't it? Anyway, this thing ends mercifully by saying all the files were buried. But all of the parts were removed, and there were no more sightings of the ghost of Flight 401. And then we fly through the clouds. Clouds, right? Yes. And this was a miserable movie. This was not good. However, I have great news, Mark. What's that? I'll tell you what the saving grace of this whole thing was. Mm -hmm. It wasn't Ernest Borgnine. No. It wasn't the ghost. No. It was the commercials that we watched. In between the parts of this boring ass fucking movie, they were amazing. Now, Andrew, I have to wonder how did these. Is it just because they're old that we love them so much? Or was there something special to some of these commercials? I do you think, think it's a little bit of both. It's 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 one of those things where you see something and you're like, oh my God, I can't believe that this, this is what aired in 1978. Right. It's quaint. But at the same time, there's a certain uh, je ne sais quoi about the the climate, the political, the cultural climate of 1978 America that like... Definitely. But also the visual aesthetic of car ads, yes. which, of which there were a ton. So there was something this, this pretty is, brilliant. This was a Saturday night movie yes. on NBC. And so all of the advertisements were either... Uh, car ads, car ads, medicine ads, right? Or very, sp- very sporadically, there were some food ads. There were some food stuffs. There was a but, Doritos, but, but like food stuffs you can buy at the grocery store. Yeah, no fast food, no restaurant commercials at all. That's true. No, um, no movie ads, no media. That's true. Except for other shows on NBC. Yes, <laughs> specifically. Project the UFO. Project UFO. That which one? That one looked good. Jack Webb's Project UFO, and uh, there were no. Um, I'm trying to think what the other like the big. It's it's weird. It's like we're we're used to what we you know. It's like we're, we're used we're to, used to fast certain, food ads, fast food ads, and like media ads. Yes, for like movies or food. television. And uh, I think the other thing is like pharmaceuticals, pharmaceuticals, but like prescription pharmaceuticals, not over the counter stuff. So it makes sense. And electronics. Yes. But of which there was plenty of over the counter 
medication. Yes, a lot of cold medication. But there was no stuff that was like you're depressed because you're at home on a Saturday, aren't you? Yes. Here is this animated uh, piece of dough. Piece of dough that will that will make you happy. Help you not be so depressed. Yeah. You sad sack. You got the sad brains. Yeah. So, Mark, let's talk a little bit about these commercials because I don't want to talk about this movie anymore. Okay, fair enough. So, let's talk about you have. Well, a wait com- a minute. Can we just talk about one thing real quick? Sure. Was this was this movie made in poor taste? You had this concern that this movie was made in poor taste because the thing is, the thing is I realize it's six years later, seventy two to seventy eight. However, this is not the story of these brave men who have families that are probably watching this movie doing everything they can to keep this plane in the air. Mm-hmm. It's the story of their own idiocy. Yes. Like, it's dumb that this plane crashed. Well, it's tragic. And I think that's what the FAA ended up saying. Like, it was dumb. It was, was it, dumb. Uh, it was completely avoidable, I believe, uh, is what they <laughs> Mister, said. Yes. A uh, bunch of dumb dummies. A bunch of dumb dummies managed to crash the, the, the airbird into the water. <laughs> that's want, the end you, of my statement, Mr. President. Yes. <laughs> no further questions. There will be no further questions. Uh, so I think it's bad. And then the fact that it isn't about that, I don't actually know what this movie's about because ghosts. He's bar- he he in ghost form is barely in the movie. Mm-hmm. The skeptic kind of just disappears and isn't really that. Doesn't do much and doesn't have any arc of any kind because there's no like and have... kim basinger is only in the movie for 30 minutes yeah because she you know she's a she's it's a, also the wife isn't at the seance at the end it's yeah literally literally the people taking up the mantle of like we have to protect dom we have to save dom or just his shitty co-workers that are just like <laughs> don't want to see ghosts anymore leave me alone will you I don't know. It's a bad movie. It's confusing. I bet it's because the book is probably ham-fisted. They, they were just like, we're, we got this ghost picture. You got to make it. Yeah. Like, there's so much they could have done stylistically if they really wanted to. But this is such a paint-by-numbers, like, they shot it in a week kind of thing. Yeah, and I feel like, for me, the thing is, it took out all... It's a ghost story that takes out all the best parts of a ghost story. There's no mystery. There's no threat. There's nothing really spooky or interesting going on like the mist the mystery should be that they're using the parts from the downed plane right isn't that the thing you reveal yeah in like the midpoint of the movie usually? no it's or... like no because the, the villain is skepticism that's all it is like that's what it is it's like we have all this mounting proof that this ghost exists why won't anyone believe us and it's like the villain in is common sense and skepticism. Yeah. That it's like, we are a billion dollar corporation. I love when they were like, we're going to go to the papers with this. And it's like, what fucking paper is going to be like, what a scoop. There's a ghost <laughs> haunted planes. I'm sorry. How many, how many cheese is that? <laughs> it's, it's, it's confusing. Is it in poor taste? I would say No. Only because, like, people love to see recreations of tragic events. Yeah, that's true. They love to see, like, it's a, it's trying to think of what the equivalent is. And I'm not, I know you're thinking. I know what you're thinking. United 93. Yes. But I feel like television movie-wise, there is probably... Like, that's the thing with TV movies is 
They used to churn them out. I think at some point we should probably watch the multiple uh, Amy Fisher stories. Yeah. Because those were those were pushed out within like six months. <laughs> I want to say Nancy Kerrigan was also produced in six months. Probably. So it's it's it allows them to jump on a trend fast. They can make a movie, not a good movie, but they can make a movie about something about that people thing. remember. Yeah. And so they can take the book and then turn it into that. Is it in poor taste? Probably, maybe. I I don't think so because it's just it's them writing about a thing that happened. Was it's there a current event? And they're not. Was there an OJ TV movie? Oh, there had to be. There had to have been. Had right? to have been. I think there was. We'll have to research this. Um, that's what people want to see. They want to see like, all right, all right. is it in poor taste? Maybe because it's a thing that happened. But and now like, it's about ghosts. <laughs> Dumb ghosts. Supposedly, you know, it's like the people involved seem to think that there was something haunted. So the people that they're portraying uh, believed that there were ghosts. Correct? Yes, they did. They don't go and say, you know, you know, the people I would assume that the people involved in the production that the, the author interviewed. All wanted said, this story to be all told. said, I did see a ghost. Yeah. And so by making that portray, you know, portraying that, then that's, that's what it is. Cause she said, cause the wife said, she saw, said she saw the ghost. The stewardess said she saw the ghost, the other pilot. There's no one, there's no one that's specifically named other than the skeptic that's, but then it's, he comes around. There's no one named that's like, you guys are full of shit and you need to knock it off before you get fired. (laughs) All right. Well, the skeptic says the that. The skeptic says that, but then he comes around. But there's no, there's no like. Um, I didn't feel that he did come around in the end. Like, doesn't he just go to the seance begrudgingly to get his yeah? And so battle axe I mean, of a girlfriend off his ass. Exactly. Just God. And then we have to we have to go see her parents tomorrow. Yeah. yeah God. It's, <laughs> it's my whole fucking weekend. But. Um, what I'm saying though is there's no one that's a higher up that's named specifically that's like, you guys need to knock it off or I'm gonna fire you. That's probably why we didn't see the scene where she gets suspended because they didn't want to name names as to who suspended her. Yeah. So everyone involved in the story was com- wanted to be involved in the story, uh, as far as I can tell. Is it in bad taste? I don't think so. Okay. So when I die tragically, I will make a movie about please your ghost do about me haunting something hanging dumb. out. Because <laughs> that's the other. He's not haunting. He's not fucking anything up. He's just he's just there just hanging out. But let's talk about the the real crown jewel here, Mark. Yes, the commercials. The commercials. You, I had a lot of thoughts on this. You had a lot of thoughts on yes. this. The commercials were wonderful. So if if anyone watched this along with us, I'm sorry for the movie part. I'm, but, but weren't those but commercials, those commercials were great. There, I have a couple thoughts. I have a couple things I okay. need to talk about. Right. One, there was a sun-kissed ad yes. for an orange. Just a lot of people who look like they don't know how to eat oranges. This just was into them. nauseating and incredibly graphic for what it was. <laughs> that it's just like, it's like, enjoy a delicious sun kiss today. So you've got like, now I'll tell you specifically. It's, it's an old woman. Mm-hmm. It's a black guy. Yeah. And it was a uh, like an Asian man, if I remember correctly, probably just standing in front of a black background, and we're just cutting to them, and they're they've peeled the orange completely, 
and are eating it like an apple. Yeah. Like the most delicious apple they've ever <laughs> eaten. And I'm like, you know, you know what madness it is this? slices. You pull it, you, you eat you it like eat a, a slice. human. Yeah. Instead, they're just going. Like, society is broken down, and this is the last morsel of food <laughs> they the could get their hands on. on the planet. And you're just like, oof. So there was that commercial, which I didn't necessarily appreciate. There was a Lipton. Commercial. You have a problem with watching people eat. I do have a problem watching people eat. It's it. There's something about it. I. That's why I don't like Carl's Jr.'s ads. Yeah. I've said this before. The Foley work on it is <laughs> nauseating. They take like a like you know they've got like a stalk of lettuce and like uh, they take uh, you know like pudding and they're just like yeah. just punching this pudding <laughs> and they're just like mix that together. That's, that's what, what eating that's sounds what, like. That's what eating a delicious burger sounds like. It's just like. <laughs> <sighs> there was a Nest Tea ad. Uh, yeah, the copy on this one was a little weird. The copy specifically says that it's, t- it's people playing ping pong, and this guy's like, oh, man, I'm thirsty. And the narrator says, when you want to taste the taste of wetness, take the Nest Tea plunge. And I'm like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> That's a weird you way think to say somebody it. You think somebody might have taken a pass at this you, one. You want to taste wetness, you know? I don't. Well, I want when I want to taste the taste of wetness. Yes, it's like reach for a liquid. <laughs> <laughs> to be more specific, reach for Nest Tea, yeah. which, which to remind you, is also a liquid. Also a liquid. Yeah. Uh, it's just a weird way to say to taste the Drink taste this. of wetness. Yeah, I liked that it was because this was February in mm-hmm. Denver. Yep. So it was cold. Yeah. And they're like. It worked during the summer. Just keep drinking Let's it. Just keep just drink just keep, it all year. Keep, for keep drinking sake. it, you fucking monsters. <laughs> you see how they eat oranges in Denver? <laughs> You're, it's wet. Drink yeah, it. That's drink. all you need to know. You playing ping pong, you jackass? Just drink this. Orange, eat. <laughs> you got it, boss. Liquid drink. Got it. <laughs> Must drink liquid. <laughs> And then the crown, which I, this was, this was the true winner to me. I laughed for like five <laughs> minutes. When I yeah. There's an ultra bright toothpaste, toothpaste commercial. Ad. Yeah. And the, the, we, we, the opening shot is, uh, uh, it's a, it's a professional golfer. It's a woman's professional golfer and she's about to take a swing. Uh, uh, go. I think her, it's like Wendy go. Yeah. And they're like. Wendy Go, professional golfer Wendy Go, we'd like to proposition you. And then, and then she, she drops the club. Like, she drops the club and she puts her hands up over a camera. Over that's the nearby. camera. And she's like, on national, national television? television? And then it's like. And then we cut, to, we smash cut to a close up of a woman's face. And when I say a close up, I mean a I mean, fucking get, close we up. We get in there. You get in there. The bottom. Of the frame is her chin, and the top of the frame is midway through her forehead, and she's just staring at the camera. And she says, "Our proposition is to take use Ultra Bright for two weeks, and you'll you know and if your breath isn't fresher and your teeth whiter, then you win. <laughs> like, you win something, Stinky. <laughs> what do I win? <laughs> so yeah, so it's like the proposition is you know if you don't if you use Ultra Bright and don't notice a whiter smile, then I don't know, go fuck yourself." <laughs> <laughs> I ain't your try something else. I we're, guess go I gamble. I guess I don't know who who cares. Stop smoking. I I don't know. 
so then they show people brushing their teeth or whatever, and then and then we <laughs> the cut <best> back. Is <laughs> we cut back and and it's like it's a it's, it's a, like a ski lodge. It's a ski lodge. There's a fireplace, and she's like, she's like, oh, the ultra bright proposition. Uh, that's the best proposition. That's the bre- best proposition. Well, and then a guy just kind <laughs> of floats in a frame. A guy appears behind her and like grabs her shoulders. Yeah. And she's like, well, the second best proposition. proposition. <laughs> and you're just like, <laughs> I laughed for like five minutes because I was like, they fucked. That's <laughs> <laughs> too fucked. Now, Andrew, I'm glad you like this commercial because this was also my favorite commercial. Mm-hmm. Uh, this goes, this this gets my things that used to be okay in America. Okay, because this it used to be okay to have an ad that was like, "Hey, famous celebrity, want to fuck?" <laughs> and then, well, when she, says, I don't know, do you use ultra bright today? <laughs> yeah. It's and like she's like, yeah, all right, get, let's go back to the ski lodge and fuck this. then. <laughs> let's do this. How much time you got? Twenty minutes. It okay, seems unlikely to imagine like a Serena Williams ad <laughs> that's like, look, we paid a lot of money to get Serena. Let's get her in the ad and be like, hey, want to fuck? Hey, hey, professional tennis player Serena Williams, want to fuck? fuck? Andrew, uh, this was not the ultra bright ad campaign with that tennis player, with that golfer, golfer. that won a Clio. But there was a Clio award-winning ad campaign featuring her uh, like a few years earlier. Oh, man. And that one is her walking and saying, like, I'm doing so great at tennis and I'm having so much fun. And then the announcer from behind the camera, this creepy voice is like, how's your love life? (laughs) And then she goes, you know, working, I work all the time and with my press tours and I just don't have time for anything. Yeah, but. What about your love life? <laughs> and then she says, what's a love life? And that's the ad. Boom. Cleo. And it's for toothpaste? Yes. It's an ultra bright. Oh, yeah. man. It's like, it's like that. Uh, it's like those Kevin Klein. Uh, was it Calvin Klein or was it Gap where it would be young kids Calvin in their, Klein in their underwear? Like this weird. Yeah. And they were just and asking guy would them be questions. Like, what do you like about your pants? Uh, they're comfortable. I guess they're comfortable, and they all—they all have this like heroin chic kind of. Yeah. What a, what advertising so weird. So great. It just sometimes. makes you so uncomfortable. So great sometimes. So Mark, you also had you also wanted to mention uh, your no small parts. My no small part goes to the narrator for the Oldsmobile Cutlass ad. Hmm. Let me read you some copy, Andrew. Okay. And you tell me if this doesn't want you to buy a car. Discover the great Cutlass feeling along the highways of your mind when you drive a Cutlass Supreme. You'll feel the pleasure of a lean, new look, the comfort of a roomy interior, and the economy of the EPA's gas mileage of 27 miles. (laughs) Isn't that great? You look through that door. (laughs) On the other side is a Oldsmobile Cutlass. (laughs) Oldsmobile Cutlass. You get into that Cutlass and approach the the Twilight Zone. (laughs) (laughs) I I loved all the car ads. I guess it, there were a lot of ads for cold care, which yes. I guess if it's Denver during the winter, you would expect to see a lot of cold ads. But my thought, my note on that was, uh, fuck the cola wars. There was a very real battle for your sinuses. 
Uh, yeah, because there's like a thousand of these over-the-counter cold ads, and they're just like every it's a it's a it's a dog-eat-dog world apparently yeah. in the world of uh, over-the-counter cold medication. None of those cold medications I recognized. I don't know if any of them survived. Um, there was one where they mentioned Nyquil. Yes. Well, some of them are like like Anison still exists, right? But like it's it's some of those it's you know it's it's like. Lava soap, like lava soap, still exists, but you never see Car commercials. You it? never see commercials for it anymore. But yeah. there's certain brands and certain, uh, you know, uh, uh, regions, trademarks that people still cling to because it's just part of an older generation and yeah. it's something we can't necessarily relate to. But in 30 years' time, it's like, why the fuck are you drinking Diet Coke? That's for old people. When now it's like. VR Slurm. Coke or whatever. <laughs> Virtual reality <laughs> Coke is what we all drink now. Uh, one, one last thing I'll say. The things that I loved about the car ads is that they were, especially for the Oldsmobile one, like it was shot like a romance. Like that was shot like this woman's going to fuck this car later. And because <laughs> it's like very soft focus, riding horses, you know, a woman with wind blowing through her hair, just falling in love with this car. Mm-hmm. And then you see it, and because it's a car, it's an American car in the 70s, it's just the ugliest thing you've ever seen. <laughs> this huge <laughs> chunk of steel. Just this big boat of a car. Yeah. If, it, if either it's a tiny shitbox or it's a big fucking yeah, boat. Yeah, like, look there at this only beautiful Oldsmobile. <laughs> well, at one point, they're like, the thin Monte, the, no, what is it? The slim, the, slick, the, the sleek. slim, sleek and slim Monte Carlo. And I'm yeah. like, boy, if there's one word I could <laughs> that use. thing is 45 <laughs> feet long. It takes a good seven seconds to make a left hand turn because it's like the back end has, <laughs> yeah, to, come has to catch whip up, whip out, and then come back around. They were like the the there was like mechanics that are like the body the thing will just rip itself asunder if you take the if you take a turn too tight you need to give yourself time to turn you've got a second guy sitting on the back just turning the wheel you have to yeah yeah you have to you have to drop your props when you want to stop because the thing's so fucking heavy um yeah yeah but these commercials were were really something and I'm glad we watched I'm glad we watched it with that uh, with the commercials because. Yeah. A real wonderful treat. The movie, however, not so much. Kind of sucked. Mark, would you recommend The Ghost of Flight 401? No, definitely not. Would you tell anyone about this movie at like a cocktail party or something? All those cocktail parties that you're going to. Probably not. Mm. Would you tell someone about the how ultra, great the car ultra, ads the ultra bright commercial you oh saw? yeah i'd mention oh, the yeah. ultra bright ads <laughs> one final point that that girl that, that poor professional golfer. That poor fucking girl. Uh, str- struggled with addiction throughout her life <laughs> and ultimately had to drop out of tennis because oh. of, or golf because of it. Oh but she was in a Cleo winning ad. <laughs> well, that's something. That's something. How's your love life? Tell us about your love tell life. Tell us about your love life. I don't care if you play tennis or golf or whatever fuck you play. Just tell me about your love tell life. Tell me about your... Who did you see? Where, did you, where is he? What did that man tell where you? What did that man tell you? <laughs> I, for one, cannot. <laughs> he said he could smell my bad breath. <laughs> I, for one, can also. <laughs> Hello. 
I guess that's gonna do it though for the Ghost of Flight, Flight 401. 401. Bad yeah. movie. So long. We'll see you in the afterlife. Oh, there. Hopefully Aaron's this nine. This podcast will also exercise some demons of this movie. <laughs> and we'll never have to talk about it again. No, it, I, I believe these microphones are now haunted with the Ghost oh, of no. Flight 401. So every once in a while now, you'll just hear Ernest Borgnine talking about something. <laughs> Most there, of the time, it's about his wife. There will never be another crash. There will never, there will never be another flight 401. <laughs> okay, all right. Okay, it's like the floor 13. They have to take out the flight 401 because yeah. it went down and people were scared. So that's gonna do it for this episode. But Mark, let's look forward to next time. What are we watching next week? Next time on TV Movie Nights, we will be watching this gem from 1995. Tony Danza is an overprotective father. Sometimes I feel you're wasting your life with some bad choices. Devastated by a grisly murder. Young white female. She shot at close range. And a shocking accusation. Your husband killed your daughter. What happens when the person you love is also the one you fear? I think I could do something like that. Ving Rames, Pamela Reed. I was supposed to keep my kids safe. Deadly Whispers. That's right. Wow. It is Tony Danza starring in Deadly Whispers. Good accent. Good. Good stuff. Good stuff. Bing Rames is there. All your favorites are are here, and we're going to find out who's the boss of these Deadly Whispers. (laughs) Get off the stage. Oh, Oh, man. What a a treat this is going to be. Yeah, every, every Tony seems like a nice guy, you know? He's like, Angela, Mona, I'm deadly whispering over here. I'd like to give you guys a little peek behind the curtain here. I The way that we pick movies is I will find three commercials that I like, mm-hmm. and then I send them to Andrew with no explanation. It's just a string of YouTube words. <laughs> and then Andrew has to click and be like, what the I hope fuck he's am not I looking sending at? me some kind of snuff film. Yeah. Just click the link. Click the link. Just click. How's your love life? Click the links. Oh man! But uh, I'm excited to be whispered at as deadly as possible with that Cajun accent from Tony Danza. (laughs) I guarantee, Mona, Samantha. But that's next time on TV Movie Night. Again, all of these videos are available on YouTube. Just a simple Google search will find what we are watching. So if you'd like to watch along with us, yes. If we can't wa- if we can't find it easily, <laughs> I we look, won't watch I am it. Not gonna, I am not going to look a lot for this muffler. Yeah, okay. so if, we <laughs> so, can't, if, if we're talking about it, you're going to be able to find it. You're going to be able to find it very easily. Deadly Whispers, 1995, Tony Danza. If you find it, you're in the right place. Mark, anything else? Um, Andrew, what is oh, what's what? that behind you? What? Where? Where? Oh, over my left over shoulder? Your, no, your right shoulder. Oh my good. Oh! Oh, it was, it was Joe. Okay. okay. See you later, everybody. Let's go to the kitchen. <laughs> Give me a glass of water. Right.